0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 38 of Hotshot Archery's Outdoor Podcast. I'm Logan Chartrand and wanted to kick this week off with a little preface into the episode. So myself, Robin, and our friend Justin got together this week to discuss trail cameras, specifically cellular and wireless trail cameras, and um, how they are deemed in certain organizations on their impact on fair chase. I know as we had this discussion on a very hot topic in the hunting world right now, we for sure probably got a few things wrong about some of the organizations. Um, The conversation isn't so much about how the organizations operate, but we know there are some things that we probably missed and just wanted to state that right up front. However, it doesn't change our feelings, our opinions on the topic. So, we didn't want to scrap an entire episode based on the fact that we probably missed a few key points in the operation and wanted to call out that, that we know that we're, we're not trying to hide the fact that there might have been a few things that we missed or got wrong. So hopefully you enjoy this. If you have thoughts or opinions on the subject, we'd love to hear from you as well. You can email us at podcast at hotshotmanufacturing.com. I have your attention, please. This is Hotshot Archery's Outdoor Podcast. The show starts in three, two, one, go. Alright, we're we're live or we're we were live um, when this was recorded. By the time it releases, we're back again with another episode of Hotshot Archery's Outdoor Podcast. This week, we are talking trail cameras, their impact on the record books, and uh, just all things regarding, Robin, how would you put it, fair chase, determining what's fair, just uh, discussing how we feel certain decisions have maybe tried to make an impact on the industry? Yeah, yeah, just... Uh, Trail
1: cameras, cellular trail cameras, um, individuals' choices and where they draw the line, what's fair, what's not fair, but also specifically some of the private clubs, a.k.a. hunting organizations, have started releasing uh, statements of position towards cell cameras. And so just thought we could take some time and talk about what we think about Those positions, will it change what we do? Um, Will it it not change what we do? Um, And
0: I can tell you right now, my answer is no to that. I know, I was (laughs) going to say.
2: Yeah, yeah. when's the last time any of us let a a bunch of grumpy old men tell us how to do something?
1: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I I was trying to, uh, basically I was going to say, spoiler alert, I'm going to do my own deal. By the way, that's Justin Lanklose back with us. He's been on a few times with us, fellow hotshot staffer and longtime friend and uh, really one of the guys that has really got me turned on to um, sell your cameras and has helped me along with that and uh, made them a full-time tool in my arsenal. So, Justin, thanks for calling in again.
2: You're welcome. I I guess you're also thanking me for making you uh, an unethical hunter. <laughs> yes, apparently <laughs> or an so. unfair hunter in uh in the uh the eyes of some. So uh you're welcome.
1: Breaking the law. Yeah. yeah. You're so, welcome, my friend. So so let's get that part uh up front and out of the way. Um yeah. You you meant I got a text from you, it's kinda cryptic about yeah, can you believe that? what Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett's coming up with. And I, and I called you right away. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? And you didn't believe me. Yeah. But why don't you go ahead and kind of give us a couple quick rundowns. Let's be fair to Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett and just give the factual statements that they've given on uh, trail cameras and specifically cellular cameras because you you know the the wording better than me. You just summarize it if you don't mind. Before we do sure, that, yeah. I, I
0: think it's, it's really important that we just – all are really clear we are not speaking on behalf of any company any anybody that we represent officially or unofficially within the archery industry or may have association with this is this is absolutely three grown men's personal opinions and in no way shape or form reflects where hotshot archery stands or any other company that any of us may have anything to do
1: right and that, and- and that's always the case with this podcast. The Hot Shot Archery Outdoors podcast is views of whoever is speaking at the time. No one else. If you don't like it, tough shit. It's okay. We can all go hunting <laughs> later, right? So we always give a butthurt alert. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So why don't you go ahead and summarize the, the recent statements by those clubs?
2: All right, yeah, so disclaimers uh, have been written and closed, so we'll move forward here. Uh, so th- the first one that I saw was uh, was Pope and Young, actually. And, you know, the way official statements are written, they've got to be uh, very, very direct and poignant and uh, specific, especially when uh, rule books are concerned. So I-, I read theirs multiple times, and theirs actually seemed less. Um, general, and less uh, overlapping than Boone and Crockett's. And, and what I mean by that is is Pope and Young's, to me, and again, uh, you know, the truth is in the eye of the beholder and uh, perception is reality and whatever other uh, thing that you want to say about uh, people taking away what they read and it being something completely different. The way that I perceived the Pope and Young statement was that, and, and for instance, one of, it would be very difficult to do here uh, in Louisiana, um, but, uh, like say for instance out west, you receive live or, or nearly live information from your cellular camera. So it's going to take a photo, uh, at a remote location that you have set up, going to transmit it via cellular network to your, uh, most of the time it's a mobile app or your, uh, desktop computer. You receive that information. Oh, look, it's an elk. I've got a, uh, 500 yard shooting uh, you know, <laughs> shooting spot that I can go kill him. I hop in my truck, grab my rifle, go drive over there, shoot him. Bang. He's dead. That cellular camera in that case would have played a, a very definitive role in killing that animal. Boone and Crockett's was, um, w- was much more direct. They flat out said the use of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Logan, I think you had it in front of you. um, the, the use of it, they even went as far as as to say during scouting. So if you get a picture of a record book buck while you were scouting in the summer and you end up killing that deer in the fall, you're screwed if record books are important to you because you can no longer enter it in there. So Pope and Young seemed more specific instances to me. Um, using it, uh, say, for the purpose of uh, hopping on your truck and going and killing it right then, and that's what I meant by it's a little more difficult here because there's – you can't sneak up on a deer in south Louisiana. There's – everything's woods. There's no wide-open spaces. I could see where that would be fairly easy in open country, uh, even in the Midwest in some spots where you've got, uh, you know, cut cornfields that you could see, um, you know, across during the rifle season. But
1: well, Yeah, but but we got to remember Pope and Young record books is for, for archery. And so – Right, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a little – it's really kind of stretching it a little that stance, and to me, it's it's almost like they decided they needed to make a statement, so they
2: did. But in, yeah, in the and case, they even said they said in the preface to the statement that after multiple emails and multiple phone calls, so apparently either they're members or just some you know country club junkies, high polluting. Hey, this guy killed a bigger buck than me, and he used the cell cam. I want him out of the record books. I could see that happening in the United States in 2020. Jealousy is alive and well. Um, you know, it's. Uh, like I said Boone and Crockett was was very widespread. Um, the, the use of them at all, literally, first time you get the picture of a deer on a cellular trail camera. If uh, if you kill it, it's not going in the record books.
0: Yeah, looking at, um, I was able to just pull up as I was going through. I was trying to find you had shared some information within the last week or so about that. And I was trying to find specifically that, and it looks super official. looks just like what I'm looking at here. Wouldn't be shocked if somebody Photoshopped it again. Nothing is off the table in 2020, but the position statement that I'm reading right here, straight from their website says, trail cameras can be a helpful tool in game management and selective hunting. The use of devices that transmit captured or live images or video from the field back to the hunter crosses the line of fair chase.
1: Yeah. Oh, Lord. So, so (laughs) let's get this out of the way too, fellas. Um, Often when we hear terms like Open Young and Boone and Crockett thrown around to a lot of the hunting public, that means record books. Yeah. But the reality is uh, they're both separate organizations and in fact they are private clubs if you want your name you kill a nice animal that qualifies you want your name in the rec- that record book you have to join their club and abide by their rules and i always use the example of if you're a golf player some golf clubs will not let you play if you wear shorts and if you want to play in shorts, you're going to have to go to a different club and play golf somewhere else. These two clubs are yep. exactly like that. But the, the the reason that we're talking about it today is because these clubs are highly regarded and in in a lot of circles looked at as the standards of what is fair and what is not fair when it comes to hunting.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, forever that's been the case that you know, it's, Boot and Crockett, this is what legitimate, great hunting, ethical hunting, fair sport, the, these are the rules to be able to do this. And, and as I was growing up, it was always, okay, these are the rules we should follow. They're not the laws. Uh, it's, again, it's like if there are so many clubs, there's the SCI, there's, all sorts of clubs that could do this, different types of record books. This is one organization saying that if you want to be a part of this, this is how you have to do it. It's no different than to use the golf analogy. It's no different than Augusta National has a lot different rules than St. Peter's City Golf Course where I can roll out there in shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt. I don't have to have a, a collared shirt on even. I can have more than so many clubs in my bag, but I'm not going to be able to participate at this other place or with this other.
1: Exactly. I just think, I think it's important to put that out there before we keep, keep going with this discussion. Um, The focus isn't so much trying to dog these two organizations. It's more about, we want this conversation to be about what we think is fair and how or not fair and how, Our intensive use of trail cameras and cell cameras how we view that is well frankly all three of us i think view it as perfectly fair like we don't i've never felt an unfair advantage using cell cams they're just handy as hell right so that that said you know we have to we keep pushing these little disclaimers and (laughs) that's just got to be part of this discussion because uh while we're usually not too worried about someone being butt hurt, we're not out uh, to tar- target any specific organization to piss them off. That's Well, not the point. and
2: I think, yeah, and, and to your point, Robin, we don't want to do what um, what we feel like statements like this are doing, which is dividing hunters and uh, telling other people what they can or can't do. Exactly, um, and, that, that's, and that's, that's what made us want to talk about do. it.
1: That's exactly yeah. – I'm glad you said that because that's exactly – the topic. It it's partly about what we think about using the cameras, but also about why just have another uh Hunter divisive statement yeah.
2: out there like that. And, and and I and I hope that our listeners at the end of this can, you know, they they obviously will will know how asinine we think the statements are. But the fact that uh I would still share hunting camp with any of those guys or, you know, you can agree to disagree on just about anything. Uh and I think that's something that uh that we could all learn, especially on our uh social media lives.
0: Oh without uh <laughs> doubt. I posted a gif of uh the scene in Game of Thrones where Joffrey throws himself out the window today because just looking through Facebook. But I'll say I have nothing against Open Young, Boone and Crockett, whatever. I won't be in their clubs if those are the rules. By all means have your set of rules, do what you want to do. I'm not Not knocking you and saying that you shouldn't exist because of this it's just you have now made both of these groups something that while I probably wouldn't have joined anyway I have less desire to personally take part in because I don't feel that it's unfair the way I use my cameras and yes there are ways that it could be done that way but what are we really I guess and we're speculating why they may have said it but What's the real problem with it? Are we trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist? Is there somebody who feels that their record for that club may be in danger, even though there's probably bigger deer than their record that are out there because somebody might have access to get a picture every time their camera takes a picture and have it sent to their computer or their phone. And somehow, I mean... (laughs) like you, where I hunt, Justin, there's no way I could get a picture right now from a tree stand from one of my cameras. And unless I'm in the stand that's near that camera, I don't stand a snowball's chance in hell of getting that deer there. It's not like I can get out there and be like, oh, okay. I mean, it might help me go out there this evening or tomorrow because I know the deer was in the area, but what's the difference if I'm out there every day? I mean, if, I've got my vacation for this year set for that first week of November. What's the difference if I'm getting the pictures sent to me and staying out of the woods and not disrupting the deer or yeah. while I'm out there hunting, I go pull the card and sit there on my phone with a card reader and check the pictures. I don't see, and maybe that's our problem is we don't see what other people would do. Maybe we're not shitty people. Like a lot of other people <laughs> might be out there. I don't know, but I, I can't figure out why for the life of me, it needs to be something where we have to have this rule that as we were talking before we hit record can't be proven. I mean, how do you know what time I shot? How do you know that I had the cellular ability turned on, on my camera? I mean, it seems to me like this is that virtual signaling for somebody who decided to say we're better than this and it's their choice to do so. I'm not knocking that it's their choice to do so, but It seems to me like it's just this way of saying whatever we want to say to have this position of higher authority or higher ethical well-being than what we're really going to be able to indicate. I mean, I would love to see that first record that comes in that gets challenged for whether or not there was ever a wireless cellular picture sent somewhere from a trail camera of that animal.
2: Well, that, and I'm wondering what they're going to do with the the records of the last three, four, five years that undoubtedly have cell camera pictures of them. Um, I mean, hunters share photos. I got a picture of a buck today. I shared it with Robin immediately. (laughs) And uh, you you won't see that one on social media. Um, But, I mean, it's the proof is going to be out there. So if if it was done, you know, for, um, you know, what they would view as uh, truly, you know, ethical reasons or, or trying to stay above that fuzzy gray line of what's fair or what isn't. If they had good intentions, then they, then to me, they would need to go back and remove the other ones. You know, just like the, uh, we've used other sport analogies, just like in baseball, the Astros deserve an asterisk next to their, their uh, championship win. The Saints deserve an asterisk next to their championship win. All the home run hitters deserve asterisks that uh, were using uh, steroids. You know, you you can't make a rule and say, okay, it starts today. Everybody else that used this rule, because they're saying this isn't fair. So why allow people before August of 2020 that have been entered in there that used cell cams, how are they going to defend that and say, well, it it was okay two years ago?
1: Yeah, exactly. Or one year ago
2: or... Yeah, they're they're opening a can of worms here because there have been some really big deer kills that are in that record book now in the past two years that we all three know and most of our listeners are going to know, and they're going to know what deer I'm probably thinking about in my head right now because we saw a whole bunch of pictures of it, you know, from trail cameras. Um, they, they're they opening
0: a can of worms. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, to me, it's the same thing and might as well call it the open young in this case, since they are the archery version. Yeah. To me, it seems like the lighted knock situation. I was just out the other day dialing in a sight tape for a new sight that I've got. And I decided this time to shoot my, my full hunting setup minus the broadhead. So my lighted knocks, everything on my bow, exactly like it was. And I was telling Robin, I said, it's crazy. I have the same version of this sight in a single pin and I'm at like a, a number 47 sight tape. The only thing that I've changed is that was sighted in with my regular Knox. I don't think it was sighted in with my 3d arrows, which I wouldn't be any lighter anyway in a thicker or fatter diameter arrow. The only thing I put on was lighted Knox, and I'm at like a 56 sight tape. And we were talking about it and it makes me think that too. I mean, that's another thing that is deemed to be unethical or against fair chase rules to have a lighted knock and it's one of those things just like the cameras maybe the lighted knocks are slightly different it's going to help me recover more games so you're saying that it's not as fair if i could see the light to show me where my animal was that it it's not as good to be a sportsman who can find your animal than if you're able to recover it without the aid of a lighted knock which hell half the time i couldn't tell you I mean, Robin, you just shot that hog the other day. You, I watched the video tonight. Had a lighted knock. The arrow was broke off by the time you got there. Uh, I couldn't yep. tell you how many times I've recovered a deer that the lighted knock was not still, or the arrow itself wasn't in the deer to have it. So it's just another one of those things. Like, why are we just randomly deciding? Here's what can let you be a member of our club. Here's what can't. I mean, it's not like, We're trying to take a Corvette to a Mustang owner's club or a Mustang to a Corvette owner's group. It's bow hunting. It's firearms hunting. It's whatever it is. And these are the modern times. Find, and I'm sure they're out there, there's probably some listening, but I don't know too many people within my circle that are serious hunters that aren't using some sort of cellular or wireless technology. Even my friends that are way out in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, that probably barely get signal in a lot of places, even they have cell cams that they're putting out. So it seems to me like we're trying to, why, why isn't it? And Justin, you mentioned something before we were recording about rifle scopes, but Why don't we go back to recurves and longbows only? What about the unfair advantage of compound bow technology? Why is that okay? But these other things just seem to have no reason behind why they want to make it against their rule.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I could see, you know, with the growing popularity um, of cellular cameras, I could see them getting a lot of communications, asking them to make a stance. You know, the guys that are really hardcore about, following their rules, you know, they're, they're in the club, they're perfectly fine, not wearing shorts on the course and only having a certain amount of clubs. By the way, I had no idea that was even a rule that you had to have a certain number of clubs in your (laughs) golf bag. just what advantage does that even give you? I I don't know. That's a a different conversation, but you know, I could completely see them getting, um, you know, requests to make a statement because I know how much cellular cameras are, are growing. Um, now on the other, on the other case, on so the other side of this, Logan, you said something that I could also see with, you know, I feel like I've got a pretty good measure on, um, the American, uh, thought process at, at this point with the, you know, the shit show we've seen of 2020. Um, I could also completely see a member who a photo was shared. of Let's say a record buck from another member. So they called up and made a stink. Hey. This guy, so-and-so who's in the club, has a picture. This thing's going to be the new world record. I need y'all to make this illegal ASAP. I could totally see that scenario happening as well because of, of jealousy and pride. You know, I mean, there's, we, just, we just don't know. It's all speculation. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is we live in a society where people are perfectly fine telling other people what they need to do and how they need to do it um we we see it every day in uh in politics and, and all this other bull crap that's going on and it's it's rampant in the hunting industry as well and there there are good intentioned um you know fair chase regulations out there all all three of us i would consider very fair good conservationist sportsmen you know we're not going out and setting traps or spotlighting or or doing you know whatever we're not uh Baiting illegally
0: or anything like baiting that. Baiting
2: illegally. There, there's a, a long list of things. Heck, I mean, between the three of us, we could probably count on on two hands how many times we've picked up a rifle. I mean, that's I can tell you between the three of us, I'm the one that's used the rifle the most. Well, uh, because our stinking hunting season's five months long here. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, there's you know, there's there's two sides of the story, and uh, I, I really think what we need to to understand here is that what's going on in our society and our culture and in the world, really, of, uh, people telling others how they need to live their lives or how they need to think, or in in this specific case today, how they need to hunt and what is okay. Um, and, and what fair is, you know, a word that's, that's not absolute. Um, there's the hunting industry is too small. Our numbers are declining. Um, there, there's no room for, for stuff like this to divide us even more if you you can pick any hunting facebook page instagram whatever and it's nothing but a bunch of people bitching about who did what or whose buck is better or your buck's not big enough or i would never shoot that deer it needs another year come on man i'm uh, (laughs) i deleted my facebook last week because of this crap i'm so freaking sick of it just let people hunt let them do what they want as long as it's ethical and legal and again legal is the only thing that that's absolute and that's only absolute if you're in one state and in some states, it's only absolute per County, you know? So, I mean, even then there's, let people do what they want that's that's ethical and legal. And I again, think- there, there's a fine, there's a fine line there too, you know, because they're, you know, I immediately think hearing myself say that I'm like, there's a, that's pretty dangerous. That, that almost feels like saying, do whatever makes you happy. That's not what I'm saying at all.
0: Um, I, I'm saying do whatever um, <laughs> oh, I think I mean, whatever you're, 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 makes you happy, as long as it's legal, I really don't care. Yeah. It may not be my wrong legal. Way. Yep. Who am I to tell you how you can yeah. or cannot? And I think it's funny while we were, while you were talking, I went to look up cause I couldn't remember if it was Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett. And I found something that Daniel Boone once killed 155 black bears in a single year. <laughs> So this is the namesake of an organization that's going to tell you that a cellular trail camera, it it goes beyond fair chase or ethical hunting standards. Not to say that his 155 were a high fence. I'm pretty sure they weren't fencing black bears in, but you're going to talk to me about ethical hunting. Let's look at kind of what the stance is, who you're trying to perceive that you're after these great outdoorsmen who. I mean, I've never, oh, I've never killed a single black bear, much less 155. But it's just uh, it, the irony and the the hypocrisy. I think more than anything, that's what I see is so much hypocrisy. You were talking about Facebook. Oh, I would give that deer another year, but I'll go out and maybe I'll shoot hens when I duck hunt. And there are diehard duck hunters in my circle of friends that you are an absolute turd if you shoot a hen, <laughs> but they'll shoot any deer. It's about Yeah. What do you want to eat? What? Who? uh, To me, I don't care. I I will shoot a hen when I'm duck hunting. You can be butt hurt if you think that I'm terrible. But how dare you? You can't have a bunch of hens. Can't fertilize eggs. So you know, am I really doing it? I'm. I'm following the law. The laws are written within science for a reason. But this seems to be the year that screw science. I wasn't going to say screw there. Probably glad I caught myself. (laughs) Uh, But. Oh, scientists can't know anything. It's all just got to be a big conspiracy. So we got if you don't do it my way, you're not doing it the right way. And there's I think there's way way too much of that and just less yeah. acceptance of hey, do it how you want. You're not hurting my deer population of the deer who happen to pass through my property from time to time. There there are rules and laws in place and I would hope that maybe you don't take more than you need, even if it's legal to do so. But if it is, I'm not going to be the person going online bitching about what you're doing.
2: Yeah, and that's honestly what's turned me off about a lot of these organizations, even the ones that are hiding under the flag of being uh, conservation organizations. The fact that they're telling people what is or isn't okay to shoot is not okay. And I'll be honest, man, I, uh, I fell for it for a while. You know, I was like, man, that, that makes you, if you can pass a buck, that makes you an elite hunter. You know, <laughs> and I think we all know it, it does take a level of self-control, uh, especially for me as the the resident coon ass in the room. Um, we don't like to go home with an empty cooler. I was hunting in uh, North Missouri a couple of years ago. Well, it was, uh, right after I hunted with you, uh, Robin. And those guys were laughing at me cause I shot a doe the last day. I was like, you must be freaking crazy if you think I'm going to drive home 14 hours with an empty cooler, knowing that big fat doe walked 15 yards in front of me. And I shot her with a lighted knock. I shot her with a mechanical broadhead, and I don't regret it one bit. It tasted great the whole way. That's oh, my thing. Yeah. Like, if
0: I paid for a tag, at some point in time, the reason I got that tag was not so I could try to figure out where the hell in my room I'm going to hang another deer. My son keeps asking me, we've got some nice pictures that have been. Coming through on cellular trail cameras of some really nice bucks this year. They're still in velvet. Dad, what about this? What about that? I'm like, I can't, I'm, I'm maxed out on space. So for me, and I've said it many times, I'm not just a meat hunter. I, it's usually not the biggest deer that walks by you first. So it takes a level of restraint if you are trying to shoot a big deer, but hell yeah. If I paid to go, especially on an out of state hunt and it's the last day and there's food standing in front of me and I have a legal tag for it, that damn thing's coming home in the back of my truck. I'm not going to pass it because I should only shoot, unless the property owner says, hey, no, we don't want this type. Okay, fine. I'm not going to, just because it's legal, I'm not going to break your property rules because you were kind enough to let me hunt or pay to hunt here, whatever the case is. But hell yeah, I'm taking that thing home. I came to get something more than memories, if possible. I'm okay with the memories, but I'm not going to pass something <laughs> up just for the sake of saying, well, it wasn't the world's biggest deer or the biggest buck I've ever shot. So I'm not going to shoot anything at all.
2: Well, I always go for memories. And the memory that I wanted to go home with was me killing a deer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, made, I made that memory. You guys both know I make no
1: bones about saying it on this podcast, on social media. On any web forum, I do not get up at four in the morning and go freeze my ass off because I want to be one with nature. I don't want to bird watch. Uh, I could do all that when the weather's perfect um, I don't go to ditch the stress. I go hunting to kill something period that's what the experience is about for me. now, does it mean that everything that goes along with the end result of killing something isn't important because it is it all equates to fun i go hunting to have fun i go hunting to accomplish a goal and that goal if i have a tag in my pocket is to kill something now of course you guys both know that doesn't mean i kill every single animal that walks by me but i killed three mature bucks last year but guess what i also killed three does and i had just as much fun shooting the does as the bucks um it's just, it's just in my blood. I mean, I you know, two nights ago, I'm uh, I'm sitting in a hog blind in the middle of summer, uh, two nights in a row trying to kill a, a big boar that's showing up. Oh, speaking of which, let's talk about that. Let's talk about this situation here
0: yeah because you didn't get it right (laughs) was
1: this fair or not because (laughs) yeah let's say you're with your lighted knocks. how
2: dare you (laughs) i uh
1: i first of all i didn't even know this bore was around until ding 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 cell camera picture started showing up on my app and um all of a sudden two evenings in a row he's there within 30 minutes of the same time and so now i'm like well this dude's showing up still in the daylight Two evenings in a row All I need is a north wind A uh, couple evenings goes by No north wind But I'm still getting pictures on my app Every evening And so now that's it Like I'm dead set I'm going to go kill this hog So I go The first evening We set up uh, Guess what I got a light I'm going to shoot this boar at night If he shows up at night Peter Uh He does show up after dark while the light's on, and he decides he doesn't like the light, so he leaves. I leave the light on, motion detect, let him get used to it. Guess what? I get some cell camera pictures at four in the morning. He's back. (laughs) So I go back the next day. He shows up on time I killed him. Now, I'm I'm giving this long story. It's just dog, but it is an animal. Do I feel like I cheated uh, no, not really. I mean, I knew he was there. I was glad for the convenience of the cell cameras, letting me know he was there, uh, without going and pulling that card. Did it take away from the excitement of that hunt? Absolutely not. Do I care at all if someone else points their finger at me and says, "Man, you cheat when you hunt"? Well, nope, I don't. I I, I can't wait till the next one. I'm uh waiting for. More cell cam pictures of hogs to show up, and I'm going to go kill some more.
0: Even my non-cellular cameras aren't out there for outdoor photography. It's out there so I can find out if there are animals in the area, what kind of animals are in the area, and when they're using the area. So it doesn't matter if I have to go pull the card or I'm getting it sent to me. There's a reason that we all have these cameras out, and it's not to get great nature photo shots. Occasionally a picture will come across of like, wow, that's a really good photo, especially for a trail camera. That's well composed. That's really neat. You hardly ever see that, but whether it's cellular or not, the whole reason is we're trying to use technology to help us identify when, where, and what might be in that area so that we can use our time. Robin, in your case, so you can drive an hour plus from here to go get in a blind, to, in this case, hog hunting, try to remove a problem and also shoot a really nice hog. Uh, But I, I think it's funny that people make bones about why they would have a trail camera out of any sort and say that it's more or less fair or that it's somehow degrading the quality of the hunt because it's sent to our phones or our computers. Instead of having to go out and pull the card, which I've been with you many, many, many times, where we had to pull a card and put it in a card reader and see are the deer coming through here, and to me, I mean that's no different. Other than we had an opportunity to lay our scent down, but the way we set things up anymore, the, the at least the way we generally hunt, even to get to our cameras, it minimizes the scent, the disturbing the animals whatever the case is. So it's not even generally to say that we're still giving the animals a better chance by having to get in there and pull the card or the the film. I thought it was really funny that they said you have to pull the film. I'd love to know if anybody is still using a camera that has film in it, email us at podcast at hotshotmanufacturing.com because I want to hear about this. I want to know what kind of film you're using, what kind of camera it is, what kind of batteries it must take. And how where in the world you've the kept it in running condition for all these well, I don't know years. where they're getting that film developed. Right. <laughs> this yeah. is what, it's what I want to know. You
1: probably still can, I would think, maybe. I don't know. Maybe That's so. a good question. But I I you know, I used the Hawk for example, but let's use a more relevant example to talk about the reality of these policies and how some people will take these policies of these private clubs and try to apply them to other hunters because just because someone said so um the buck that I killed last September 15th which is Missouri's opening day um Logan and Justin b- both you guys knew about the buck way before I killed it because you were getting pictures from me probably almost almost daily meaning daily when I got pictures of him and um I set out to kill the buck. Wanted to get on him while I was getting intelligence from my cell cameras. And it all worked out. Um, So, because of this being so early in the season, I was one of the first, you know, nice deer pictures being posted around. And right away, someone on one of the pages said, uh, that's nice, but no one has any woodsmanship anymore. And... I, and the thing is is while I didn't let that rub me the wrong way it's just that premise when both of you guys know how much effort and time I put into killing that deer and how meticulous I was with everything that went into trying to kill that deer right away or he shifted patterns into a fall pattern not a summer and uh, to, th- to For someone to think that just because I had cell camera pictures of that buck that no woodsmanship went into killing him. I mean, I still had to pick a stand. I still had to put my cameras in the right spot. I had to figure out what this deer was going to be doing that time of year, how to get the right wind, how to get into the stand, and then, of course, still have to make the shot and blood trail and all of that stuff that goes with killing a deer. Uh, for an organization, and that buck very well might make uh, one of those cl- well for sure one of the clubs minimums it would the other yeah. clubs minimum I think it probably would for um, their lesser year books I, I don't, you know what I'm trying to say so now that organization is telling me uh, well that buck could it makes the minimum score but you have cell cam pictures of it. So we're not
2: interested in taking it to me. Well, I'm just waiting out of, out of all this for another, you know, what, what new record a book is going to come of this that has, uh, you know. and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. no, probably, no, no but, I, um, I,
1: I, I wanted you guys to jump in there cause I'm, I'm kind of out of ways to express what I'm saying other than kind of bullshit. Like I just don't like, well,
2: that. the, yeah, I mean it's you know so I'm waiting. And there are a couple of other ones. You know, I I would never. Um, <laughs> Buckmaster has a record, uh, you know, a record book. Um, there's a couple other ones. I, I tell you, uh, one that I really like is the Whitetail Slam. I don't know if y'all seen that or not, but he's they've got um, it, it's run maybe owned by Tom Miranda, um, and, and I really like the way they're doing it. It's it's molded after you know he's a expedition hunter i think is what they call it or a journey hunter you know where he's going across the world killing everything with his bow it's one of the only hunting shows that i really enjoy watching anymore he's got you know just about as as much history in there as as hunting and no no one paid me to say that it's just a a legitimately good show um but they've got that whitetail slam website where you can get on there and um put your bucks in they've got them broken down into the subclasses uh it's pretty cool where we live uh you know being as far apart as we are louisiana and missouri that we still are very close to three or four of the different subspecies i mean heck i can kill a buck one mile south of town where i live and probably 10 miles north of town and be in two different ones just because the the gulf coast uh region is is so close to the 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 coast but you know, there, there are some other good ones like that that have much less strenuous, um, rules. And one thing that, uh, that they do uh, that I hear a lot of people complain about is the, um, is the net scoring of the deer. How stupid is it? And I'm, I'm not scared to, you know, say my opinion here. I'm not going to be apologetic for it. But how stupid is it to deduct points from a deer that's not perfectly symmetrical? You know, nets are, um, net scores is one of the biggest heartbreakers i've seen in guys you know especially they scored at home they've got their growth score ready oh yeah you know and i can think of a couple instances here from a couple years ago uh working some some local shows guys brought in what were definitely 200 plus inch growth deer killed with bows in louisiana and they come get them scored by these official scores with uh, wildlife and fisheries yep net 160 and I mean these guys were pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. They're like, "Well, look at all, look at all the, you know, the character that that deer has on its right antler that's not on its left antler. That's a deduction. To me that makes no sense whatsoever
0: because it's not um, somebody's version of yeah. of perfect. And I I would yeah. love to see some sort of stats. I'm sure it could be extrapolated in some way shape or form. How many perfect deer are even out there they're perfectly symmetrical they don't have this and why is that the perfect i mean to me the perfect deer is the one that i was happy shooting that i recovered and that i have a chance to eat
2: yeah and why is perfectly symmetrical the goal i mean i want i want something that's got character and that's unique and one of a kind looks you know the the moment i see him on my cellular trail cam picture i know that's him uh You know, it just—it's all—it all all goes back to some person or some organization uh, deciding what we should think is okay, or what we should think is uh, the goal, or what we should think is acceptable.
1: and, And and this goes back to if if we as a group, meaning hunters, could just keep it straight in our mind that it's just that club's rule. That would be okay, but but you what you just said, you've seen grown men get really upset because someone's told them their deer is less than what they thought going in. And so these private club rules have ingrained themselves into the hunting community so strongly that it actually affects people's perception of the deer that they killed and leaves yep. them disappointed at times because it didn't match up to these private clubs um standards and that's why i'm glad you brought that up because that is why these um these policies that have came out lately on cell cameras bothers me so much because why make someone feel like the animal they killed is less than what it is just because they got a cell camera picture over of it last summer yeah like yeah I I I just can't come to grips with that. I kind of get Popens Young's deal. Like if you get a picture on your phone and you climb out of your stand and you walk a hundred yards to where your camera is and you kill it. Yeah. That I I kind of get that, but this but it's just going too far and unfortunately there's a lot of a lot of stock put into what these organizations say. Um. Instead of it being viewed as a private club standard, it's
0: more of the hunting gospel. I, I think you're right with that. It's, it's the regard in which in which with those two clubs are held, that it's Boone and Crockett, it's, and not just those two. Again, there's other clubs that are out there as well. It's recognition within that club. So I totally get this is a club that can choose whatever set of rules it wants, and if you want to be a member and abide by those rules, fine. If you don't, it doesn't seem like it's fine like if you're a you're not into their rules, you're somehow a shittier person or a lesser hunter, but it's because they're held in such high regard, then that brings all these other people to the table and whether it's social media or it's message boards, the internet, whatever it is, think well, because it's not this, we also don't care it's like I'm not a member of that club, so why? Why am I trying to be held to their standards? And really, I mean, the question can be asked why do we get so worried about being held to standards of a club that we don't belong to? Is it because we maybe wish we would, or because it's seen to be more prestigious, or whatever the case is? But yeah, Robin, you nailed it that I wish more people would remember that it's just recognition from one particular group. It's not the group they're not the end-all be-all they don't have the final say in what is meaningful it so i guess that's where it bothers me that people allow themselves to to do that and i guess to in a sense we are because we're kind of bitching about some of these rules and how it doesn't make sense to us but if they weren't such a a large factor in the outdoors, in deer hunting or other big game hunting. I don't think it would be as big of a deal. There's probably lots of clubs with lots of stupid rules out there that we don't even know the club exists. I didn't know there was a whitetail slam club and record book or anything like that until you mentioned it. So I'm sure they're out there. It's just these big names and whether it's a celebrity, a sports star or anything, you, you feel like you expect a little bit more from those names and bringing people together than in trying to say, we want to move further apart and further isolate ourselves as some sort of elite group that is more difficult to get into or to be recognized. Yeah. Yeah. He- well,
2: and, and let me ask you this to, you know, to really be able to gauge the can of worms that they've opened And there's always, you know, and I, I've learned this in, in manufacturing that the, anytime you make one change, there is a massive ripple effect across the board. So would you agree or disagree with this statement that most of these record book deer, and I'm not talking it qualified, I'm talking top 10 bucks ever killed in the history of of these two organizations were probably six or seven years old plus. They were mature, big, old deer. What happens if you got a cell cam picture three years ago of this deer as a two or three year old and you kill it three years later is that buck now disqualified
1: yeah yeah I'm glad you brought that up because that's crazy (laughs) that's where I kind of wanted to go with the discussion is like this can of worms that they've started Um, you guys both know of a buck I had pictures of going on three years and I called him Jack because he was all jacked up he had a broken leg God rest his soul yeah he had he was blind in one eye and, and you still didn't uh, oh, have oh, enough woodsmanship to kill By the, yeah, by kill the him. way, I couldn't kill him even though I had uh, <laughs> many, many, many cell camera pictures of him. But here's the thing. Uh, he got killed about two miles from my house. And the reason that I know is because a friend of a friend of a friend saw a picture of him. Actually saw the buck at a taxidermy shop. So he snapped a picture. And so that picture got back to me and said, hey, sorry, but Jack's dead. Well, because it's a friend of a friend of a friend uh, now that person has in his possession cell camera pictures pictures that were transmitted of the buck he killed is it okay or not okay is it okay as long as it was after he killed it but what if that guy had gotten pictures shared with him um, Mm. or saved (laughs) them off my Facebook
0: page uh, yeah. Where do you go with that? What if I don't own the camera? What if I, uh, yeah. Robin? What that's if you what own thinking. a camera, but it's on my hunting property, and you get the picture, and I never see it wirelessly? But maybe I look at it on your phone. You never transmit it to me. Is am I held against that now because somebody else had a picture of it that I happened to see and hunted that area? It's uh, well, that's
2: a very real scenario for me, and here and. In- in louisiana most of the properties that we hunt are timber company leases so the lease that i'm on is somewhere around nine thousand acres so it is very possible for someone that hunts next to me to say hey look at this buck that's walking through our area and sends it to me let's say i kill the buck hunting the same stand that i would have hunted before that picture got sent to me the week after is that no longer eligible or, or my camera
1: or or the picture you texted me today what if you invite yep. me down and I kill that buck? I'm gonna be pissed. Well, besides besides out. that, <laughs> besides that, I'm gonna
2: that, be so pissed off. At I mean, you. <laughs> let, let's
1: let's lay this scenario out. You say, "Hey, you ought to come down the hunt with me," and then you put you say, "Now look, shoot anything you want, but man, leave that one buck alone." He walks by, and I'm like, "Screw Justin, I'm killing this <laughs> one so I kill him." But the fact is, I had a picture that yep. Texted to me, so electronically sent to me before I killed him. Does he qualify or not? Yeah. What if it was from a camera? It's still electronically. It got sent electronically. That's what I'm saying. But it was from a cell camera, not mine, but then it was texted to me. So where is the actual line
0: there? How are they going to figure that out? That's why I think it's a bunch of, my personal opinion, virtue signaling bullshit that they have no way of doing anything about to recover how do you identify this buck was killed at this time this picture was here what if you shot the deer and like your situation with jack the picture comes after my camera send twice a day and i'll probably ramp it up closer to season anyway because i don't intend to be in either of these clubs and i'd be i'd just be happy to shoot a deer that would qualify for any of their record books record books but what if that picture came through after I already shot the deer? I'm hunting in the morning, and my camera's set to not send a picture right. until right. 9 a.m., and then I get that picture sent to me that he was also through the area at 6 a.m. before I could see him or maybe before I climbed in the stage. And look at the three deer I
1: killed last year. Let,
0: let's, let's,
1: just, let's talk about this. One of them, tons of pictures leading up to the season. I killed him right where I was getting pictures. The next buck that i killed never seen never had a picture of didn't know he existed i killed him third buck tons of pictures except i killed him a mile away in the stand where i never had pictures of him so according to these organizations the first one is definitely not fair chase the second one definitely is according to them i should be proud of that one the third one that's pretty iffy where are they going to draw the line on that one um i have pictures of him that were transmitted to me but not on that property nowhere near it and how do you determine the gps coordinates of where you were yes. hunting versus where so the camera what? was at now i really feel bad about killing those two deer i only feel good about the one <laughs> you should Damn you it.
0: really should well good news is the, you've got the another, two another that i don't year.
1: feel good about are both at the
0: taxidermist so now great. Well, I hope you don't feel good looking at them when they get back hanging on the wall. I hope you feel bad the whole time. You know, the
2: one thing that, that I've thought about here is the fact that I feel like we're underestimating or, or under, uh, not giving enough credit to these animals, ability to survive and avoid us, uh, by saying that getting pictures of them electronically delivered to us is more of an advantage than having to go and get them ourselves
0: Yeah. You know, to, to Robin,
2: yeah. to Robin's point. You know, these, and I've been asked that before, because that's all I, I literally have zero regular trail cameras in the field anymore. They're all cellular It's because I don't have time to go freaking full cards all the time. I'm not doing it. I didn't start doing it and I'm not doing it now because it's such a massive advantage. Yes. It's an advantage because you're not, Sending up the woods as much but these animals whether we've got a cellular camera or an sd card camera it's not that's not what's going to sink or or ship the boat i'd like to get both of your opinions on some other things that are allowed in the record books and and let's just see between the three of us how similarly we think or or different so i didn't study for this quiz yeah, that's okay. So we'll we'll play a little game here. Is it fair or not? Rifle scope. Is that fair or not fair?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be really bad at this because I think anything <laughs> that's legal is pretty well. Oh uh, well, that's i am saying. Fair, Let, so. Let's
2: play it. Let's play it this way. More fair or less fair than a cellular trail camera? Is it is it more advantageous for the hunter? To have a rifle scope that he can sit on the opposite side of a canyon and shoot a deer or whatever at nine hundred a thousand yards away, how is that more fair than a cellular trail camera?
0: So I would even go to this point. Something that's more realistic to me.
2: I, I like have, how neither of you are answering. I like how you're. Well, I mean, let,
1: my I have, <laughs> let's face it. None of us can deny the advantage that it give would give. But also, none of us would turn down.
2: Oh hell the, no! If
1: we're if one of us has an open sight gun and one of us has uh, a a good scope on another gun, and there's a deer that is a legit 500 yards away, a deer, an elk, whatever the animal is, and we've got a good rest and can kill it, no one's gonna say nope. I'm using the open sights because that scope's bullshit. Yep. It's not bad. less sporting.
0: I would think like I've got to stand in mind right now that has a cellular camera that i put out in february and haven't been back to since it's solar it's everything it's got plenty of sd card in it it is 30 yards away from one of my stands so is that scoped rifle that i will have with me during firearm season if that's the stand that my son and i were sitting in is the camera more advantageous to me in the moment that a deer walks past that camera along the trail in front of the tree stand, or is the scope that's going to allow me to find the hole in the brush and put that shot where it needs to be more advantageous. And in that case, I'm going to say the scope is way more important than getting a picture of a deer that I can already see with my naked eye.
2: Yeah. Well, and 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 I raised the question not to, you know, make anybody feel bad, but I mean, cause I'll be the first one to tell you open a weekend of rifle season, my rifle's coming out. Um, and we've got some pretty crazy rules here during muzzle load season. You can use a center fire breech load rifle that can shoot 300 yards, like a 35 wheeling that I own. Um, or any, anything else that's, uh, that's breech load. Um, <laughs> during a muzzle loader season, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? yeah really? the, the point being is that there are a lot of things that may or may not be more or less fair
0: that are still considered fair to them. That range finders, if, range finders well, are fair in Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett. I was looking it yeah. up because I was thinking, okay, we're we're there. You just can't have a scope range finder combination. You can have a scope. You can dial right into the range and. Absolutely. Again, same situation if I were bow hunting that stand, because all my stands are pretty much set up to be able to bow hunt. My range finder is way more advantageous to me than getting a notification that I've got a picture of a deer that's coming, even if it's from the camera that's around the bend. Okay, yeah, it's coming, but I'm here watching for it anyway. Being able to dial in that range by using my range finder and setting up my sight is way more advantageous than knowing that that deer is coming around the bend.
2: So think about it between public and private land. Why aren't the record books split between public and private? Because I think all three of us have probably hunted both. Um, and the advantages to hunting private land are tremendous. You can you know put in food plots. You can build the trails that you want the deer to use. You can block entry points that you don't want the deer to use.
0: Come on. Why aren't deer killed over minerals or somebody who used minerals to help grow a bigger deer? Why are those not banned from any particular clubs that recognize size of deer? It's way more advantageous if I can grow that big deer and then go out and shoot it than somebody who doesn't have access to minerals, who doesn't have high quality feed in the area. So why is artificially growing bigger deer Somehow okay when, and getting a picture of it sent to your phone is not.
2: That make any sense?
0: No. Yeah, well, I
1: it, we're about out of time, but I'm I'm glad we went down this direction with the conversation because really that's what we wanted to talk about was this can of worms that these policies. Ha- has the potential to cause and all of the questions that they bring up it, and these it, are the
0: conversations it, people are having right, right now just exactly. like us there have people all over the country are having the same debate the same types of conversations yeah it, it's you know you can read these policies
1: posted and they seemingly are black and white but they're just not they're not at all and it's gonna event it's gonna cause divide amongst hunters um sure. you know i don't. let's face it you know i already mentioned the first deer i killed and you know someone kind of put it down because i didn't have any woodsmanship because of the cameras well uh do, do any of us think that's not going to be worse after these policies are posted i mean that, that's going to start becoming the norm. You know, people are going to jump on that and start putting people down and questioning the legitimacy of their kills. And it's a slippery slope. It's unfortunate.
0: Um, it's already bad enough because you have the people who aren't maybe, I don't want to, fortunate may not be the right word, but maybe they don't have access to cellular, cellular cameras or their... Hunting property doesn't have self signal, so you already have the well. I don't have it, or I can't have it, or whatever the yeah. case is. And you have those people who are bitching about it. Well, oh, you and this, I didn't have that, and I can yeah, shoot a deer I, if I could. Like do that the, I could
1: shoot it's a like, a, well, if I could hunt on public private ground, I could cut a little deer too. If I
0: were on pro staffs, I'd yeah. get invited uh, to yeah. hunts all over the country <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that what pro staffs are supposed to do? Yeah, well, you know when you're one. a professional hunter on a <laughs> right. professional yeah. staff—that that's
1: know. a real thing. That was—did we get that in a private message or is that a post? I can't remember.
0: I think it might have been a post. I know we talked about it on one yeah, of the other podcasts. Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So someone's let me—I—I—I I, I need to think about this because it's well worth repeating um,
2: <laughs> for everyone to hear. I—I
1: I, I, oh, I know what it was. I made a statement about turkey hunting and i said something to the effect of um let's not really pretend like killing a turkey is all that difficult anyone it's not that hard to call this is what i said it's not that hard to call one in 40 yards and shoot it with uh, a shotgun in the face um turkeys aren't mystical creatures and they're fun to hunt but they're just not that difficult someone's response was well that's easy for you to say whenever you're on all these pro staffs and you have all these opportunities thrown at you of course that's easy for you that's where that nah. was from so anyways we're we get way <laughs> off topic and, yeah. and it's about time to wrap otis is up. getting antsy yeah, over here otis, otis the hound is um kind of asking kind of wanting to know why i've been in this chair for over an hour without getting up and paying attention to him but uh parting shots, I guess. Are we ready
0: for yeah, that? No, I think this is good. Cause again, I think this shows, this is a conversation we would have been having, whether we had podcast equipment around or yeah. not, whether it had to be during hunting season and sharing a camp together or anything like that. So I love that we're able to share that, you know, we talk about and we gripe about some of the same things that people who aren't on pro staffs or don't work in the outdoor industry or have any affiliation with companies in the outdoor industry we're regular people who have the same concerns and the same WTF moments as everybody else. So, yeah, I think we can go around the uh, proverbial table here with parting shots. Justin, we'll start with you. Man,
2: I think the main thing that needs to come from every single one of, of the conversations that are going to happen around campfires this fall and, you know, through text and on social media is, be proud of what you kill, and if you're not going to be proud of it, don't kill it. Simple as that. You Use your own um, measuring stick to decide whether or not it's a trophy. Hunt ethically, hunt legally, and don't worry about what other people think. Yeah, none of that's the, it. well,
0: I know it's not the biggest, but. Or, oh, God, uh, that drives me nuts.
1: That, when people start that. That's a whole other podcast conversation. Yeah.
2: Jeez Way believe.
1: to bring it up at the end, yes. huh? yeah well uh i'll go ahead with mine it, it's very similar to yours justin um my parting shot was going to be um for everyone listening like if you hunt where baiting's legal and you want to bait and kill a deer or bait i say good for you congratulations if you want to shoot a four corn and be proud of it i say be proud congratulations if you want to pass up a hundred bucks and finally on the last day kill a big one, I say congratulations. If you want to shoot uh, three does and no bucks because all you want is the meat, I say congratulations. Uh, I wish that that the hunting community could get back to just being happy for each other. Yeah, we, we all know with today's society that's unlikely. But my parting shot is. Just go have fun and do you when it comes to hunting.
2: I want to bring up a memory real quick. I know these are our parting shots, but that man that that made me smile, Rob. And I can remember as a kid, I was probably fourth or fifth grade, bringing pictures of deer that we killed to Sunday school and showing each other. And that was the first time that anyone outside of me or my grandpa had seen it. Was that you know? And we had to wait a week or two to get that film developed, so I could bring it. And there was never a comment of what did he score or not even what'd you shoot him with? It was awesome, man. Congratulations. And you nailed it, dude. That is exactly what we as a hunting community need to get back to is just be happy for each other. Who cares how you did it or or what it scored? Just be happy for each other.
0: I think that goes a long way to recruitment, and I wasn't sure my parting shot is maybe more two shots. So in the last episode, I mentioned that uh, the Great American Outdoors Act was put through uh, Congress and sat on the president's desk. He had signed that into law, so I think that's awesome. Uh, but that's just like me loading my breech loader for muzzle loader season uh, <laughs> to actually take the shot. I am something else that could probably be a whole other podcast on its own, but ties into what you all were talking about. I think hunting competitions are total bullshit and they're really probably worse for the sport than they are good for the people who enjoy them. I think whether it's within pro staff groups or anywhere online or you know, even if it's your local liquor store or your deer check-in station that who can shoot the biggest buck, who's going to get the most inches, they win this prize. Everybody's so focused on trying to win some sort of competition, a competition with their neighbors. And and again, if you're into that, I'm a competitive person. I love friendly competition. I love unfriendly competition. I, I just, I like to compete, but when it comes to hunting, I have gotten away from the turkey competitions and the deer competitions and things like that. Like I don't want to be out there hunting and have a deer or a turkey walk in front of me and wonder, is this big enough to win a contest online? Is this big enough to give me a gift card or bragging rights? If it walks in front of me and I'm happy shooting and it happens to be that, but I think there's so much going on, especially within the social media world where they try to have these challenges. I was recently invited to some Facebook group that's the World's biggest deer hunting competition. And I think that, in my opinion, it has done so much harm to put so much focus on the size of a deer, total inches, whatever it is, that people are no longer focused on shooting what makes them happy, but trying to shoot what's going to make other people happy or what's going to bring them more fake status through social media. It's just insane. So if I, I would love to see, especially at least in social media, the competitions go. At hunting camp, you all want to compete against each other. But even there, it takes away from that, shoot what's going to make you happy. Set a goal for what you want to accomplish, the type of animal that you would like to try to shoot that year, and go for that. And everybody else's goals and thoughts, be damned. Who cares if it doesn't win the competition? Who cares if somebody shoots a bigger deer than you? somebody's always going to shoot a higher score than me at an archery tournament or the best I could do is tie them. If we both shot perfect, somebody's always going to shoot a bigger deer. Somebody's always going to know more about what we talk about. There might be somebody listening to this podcast is like, these guys are full of shit. They don't know what they're talking about. Here's how it really is. So who cares? That would be my parting shot is just throwing out that opinion that damn, I hate, the hunting competitions. I hate what it has done for people just getting out, enjoying the outdoors, enjoying the experience and being happy with what they are able to accomplish and maybe pushing themselves each year to do something different, to accomplish something more or different or whatever the case is. So that's where I will leave that. I probably, if I'm pissing people off, I might as well do it right at the end of the episode. So that would be my final parting shot. Is I'm done with the competitions. I'm not going to enter it. Don't invite me. Don't say that I'm not a good staffer because within the group I don't well, want to join a team look, and
1: do all that. We're gonna we're we'll, we're gonna do a podcast and we're gonna talk about um, this subject, not just the con the contest, but about. Um, You know, worry about putting other hunters down for score or size of buck or age too young, blah, blah, blah. I have a absolutely perfect story about hunting competitions that would blow your mind. And we will save that for another podcast. You literally will not believe the story that I have. (laughs) And it is a perfect example of just how a contest can bring the worst out in somebody
0: awesome well on that note robin like Calgon, take us away wrap us up for uh for this week yeah just because you're afraid to say (laughs) because i'm always going to screw up anybody
1: (laughs) listening uh you can get a hold of us at podcast at dot com. find us on social media by searching hotshot archery um you could find me personally by searching robin parks or aim low robin uh, I'm gonna. You can't find Justin. He's hiding lately. Yeah,
2: maybe. Yeah, I'll, don't look. Don't look for <laughs> me. I'll, although they're and, and Logan, don't be upset. They're they're not pissed at you. They're still stuck on the fact that uh, it's illegal to shoot a breech load rifle in Louisiana during muzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they're still scratching <laughs> <down laughs> their head. They're, they're looking that up. They're like, he's an outlaw. It's really legal. I promise. That must
0: be one of those phase two restriction things that they've got going on. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. So that's all I got. Uh, Logan, you want to plug yourself and your social media stuff and your new podcast that you uh, have struck out and started?
0: Yeah, so lots of big things going on. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. I finally kind of consolidated to the same username. Uh, It's the.nemophilist.lc. Use Google if you need to figure out how to spell Nemophilist. And (laughs) I have also kicked off a, a solo podcast thing that's for more of like the one-on-one type conversations just around all things outdoors. You can find it on all the major podcast platforms. I think it's still um, waiting to show up maybe on Pandora, but you can search the Nemophilist and that's me, my friends. It's talking about people's experiences, their traditions um, around Pretty much anything that's outdoors i've got a couple episodes up that were just about brewing beer and uh, they are definitely i would say not safe for work type episodes uh it's it's a speak freely say whatever you want and talk about um kind of whatever i want not that it's not something that we could do with the hot shot thing but um had this idea in my mind for this thing that would be kind of easy to do and easy to schedule and coordinate schedules with so Check it out. I'll still be doing the Hotshot Archery Outdoors podcast as well. So not going anywhere, just have another flavor for those of you who are interested in pretty much all different types of activities that take place outdoors or hearing opinions of people who do stuff outdoors.
1: Right on. Justin, thanks cool, for uh, joining us again. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Hey, as my friends up north say, Safé Yep. Whatever my, you whatever, whatever you say. <laughs> that, that's way too
0: far north for us. Even for a guy with a French last name, that's too north. All right. What yeah. Do, no,
1: my my pleasure, guys. yep Right. We really do appreciate it. All kidding aside, and uh, everyone listening, we
0: appreciate you as well. I guess we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, probably one of our few. I would say we're probably going to be getting ready to have some stuff to start sharing weekly. We're within almost a month of season kicking off by the time this releases, we'll probably be right at a month for us. So uh, probably even be shifting back to more frequent episodes. So thank you all everybody until next time, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.